Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now It's Friday night. It's 11.02. That must mean it's time for Explain Yourself. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Will, everyone. And um, as always, we're excited because we have a cool intro that makes it look like we are awesome and yet we had nothing to do with it. The yeah, y'all didn't show. have that the last time I was on the show. We, <laughs> we like we, it. We called Joey Galvez and we said, if we're going to get Matta back, we have to do something. <laughs> oh my God. I appreciate he, it. Yes. So <laughs> it is all for you. And uh Aww. So, Meta is here. Uh, why don't you give us a quick thirty-second, uh, oh, uh, you know, oh, elevator pitch on your your comic, and then we'll go around the horn with the other two creators. All right. So basically, I am uh, M Sorcier or Meta or whatever, and I'm the creator of Sacrimony, a tale of love, life, and death in no particular order. I'm self-taught, so I do all the art, writing, marketing, lettering, whatever, everything, and it's a story that follows around a family, a very dysfunctional family. Uh, there is a fallen god who was banished to the mortal realm after killing another god. Uh, his ex-wife, who doesn't want anything to do with him and just wants to live a normal life. And there's their demon-winged daughter who mysteriously rose from the dead. All right. That is that is where to stop it because that is intriguing. We want to get into it, but we're not doing it yet. Travis, what are you on Kickstarter for? Travis Gibb is joining us for the second time as well. Welcome back. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. You also didn't have the intro for me. I'm very sad it wasn't made for me. Was no, no. Fun. We actually, we called Joey and we said, can we do an intro that would keep Travis away? And he did not do. He did not do that. Right. No, right. no. So, I mean, we got you here. I so we might as well talk comments. Like before I didn't have to explain myself, but now it's just screaming that I have to. Like yes. before I felt comfortable. I'm just hanging out with friends and we're having a chat but now like explain yourself like it's it's aggressive yeah um, yeah well i'm i'm trying this dry january thing so i'm you know i'm a little bit i'm a little bit more tense i'm sorry <laughs> should i drink not... on your behalf <laughs> oh gosh if you want to please uh, i don't have anything handy i should have i should have prepared something but i feel I like it's rude to get up and leave a kraken nice. in, in pepsi if you will um but I am representing, uh, I've done tons of comics, Burked Down 40 Bodies, Voodoo Nation, Cthulhu, Invades Oz, all that cool stuff. But today I am representing the 603 New Hampshire because I have a book called Granite State Punk. Granite State Punk is about a very cool punk rocker named Zeke who is a recovering alcoholic. He has also quit drinking uh, His uh, after doing a stint in jail. He comes to live in his parents' house. Uh, who are both passed away. And as he starts to sober up, or as he tries to sober up, he realizes that he'd been drinking away a lot of his memories and starts to remember how he may be related to a coven of witches. Uh, we follow uh, the Granite State, uh, Old Man in the Mountain, which you may not know about if you're not from New Hampshire, but in New Hampshire, there was a face. It was on a mountain. That face fell off. So this was a face. It was a, a natural occurring face. It's on every coin, every license plate, everything you've ever seen in New Hampshire. It fell off in 2003. 
maybe it's connected to Salem witch trials and uh, witches and all that. And that's what Granite State Punk is. It's a one shot. Awesome. We're going to get into more of that. If you do cons in Florida, you know Rob Anderson, uh, uh, but you may know about his kids comic, Cat Dad and Super Mom, and you may not. So why don't you give us an elevator pitch on Cat Dad and Super Mom, and then we're going to roll right into that, that campaign. So you get to do 30 seconds hot fast, and then we're going to slow down and do a deep dive. All right. Well, Captain Superman began by teaching morals with farts. And now we're going to find out what really makes a hero and even the secret origins behind it. Sometimes people aren't aware of how superheroes are actually created. We're going to get a little bit of the background of that within this story that's family friendly and meant to entertain the entire family and bring the family together. So the lead character in your story seems pretty close to home. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Jax? Jax is my son, who is turning seven, actually, in February, and he is autistic. And when he was uh, coming up and first, uh, you know, developing, you could see there was something off with him. But he loved action figures, but he hated books. And it broke my heart because I'm a comic book creator. So I actually created a book, and it's called Jax the Anderson. And it was about him. And it was this simple idea of um, for him... Uh, what makes a superhero it was the original idea of it. And it turned out in that one that it, big spoiler, it was his parents. Because as I, as he asked me as a comic book creator, I did the whole thing where I tell him, well, if you know, you get bit by a spider and you have responsibility and you have to do the right, all that. And you know, you tell a little kid that and they're just, whoa. So my kid goes, okay, so if my dad was bit by a cat, he'd become cat dad. So this was a joke that later Rahil, when he wanted to work with me, said, can we do more with that? And at that point, I hadn't really gone very far with it because the original idea I had kind of fell apart, which happens in comics. Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, let's restart it as Cat Dad and Supermom. We'll put some of the same things and change a few things. We changed some outfits and stuff. And we came out. It was actually from a challenge. And remember, my son is autistic, so I wanted to make it funny. So we had this farting elephant that used their farts as shapes. And it was like a Green Lantern ring. And that all came from a video much like this where I said there was no such thing as writer's block. I could write anything and no one could stump me. And someone said, oh, yeah, write about an elephant. I was like, that's easy. And they're like, write a, a one about an elephant who farts. You can get that issue by going to Scout Comics right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but the, the most amazing part of the entire thing is that Jax opened that first book I made him. And to this date, opens every book gently. He cherishes books now. He's learning to read. He's communicating. He's learning to find his own words. He is getting lost in his imagination in the ways that I show in the comic book. So it's like I was able to reach it with autism. You have to find a way to reach a child. It's one of the biggest things. If you can connect with them, you can kind of guide them out. And so through comic books, I got to guide them out. And comic books, and I know, Kevin, we've talked about this. I'm dyslexic, really dyslexic. One of the worst things you can be to be a writer, but I am. It's not a choice. And if it weren't for comics, I would have never learned to read. So I love comics and being able to use something I love to reach my son and build a relationship and have him love comics now. And he's been to over 100 Comic Cons. He's been to more Comic Cons than most adults. And he loves it. He runs around giggling. He he loves interacting with all the cosplayers. Like, he, I really am thankful for both the uh, the industry itself and all the things it has because for an autistic kid... Comic-Cons and comic books are such a gateway to education, a gateway to reaching them and seeing them. So every page is important. Raheel, who's the artist, completely understands that. Chuck, who's on the screen right now, is one of the uh, reasons the book is that good, because he always challenged me, always made me go further with it, made me go deeper. Um, there were a couple of jokes I wasn't allowed to tell because sometimes <laughs> I don't know the line. Um, I'm, a little too, I'm a little too 1960s Bugs Bunny. I'm not 2020 Bugs Bunny. So luckily I had Chuck in my corner who knows Jax, knows, and everyone on the team understands the importance of Jax. So when I say I won't put that book out if it's not perfect, we've gone through six scripts where I just didn't like it. And we waited until I got it right. And even with I'm writing, gonna go, Rob. I'm gonna go to the page and actually show some of the art. You, you, you can keep going. going. I just wanted you to know why uh, we're no. So with Rahil, I mean, there are moments where in a book sometimes you you'll let something go as a writer and you won't push an artist. But there are moments that you just have to connect with. You have to get them right, especially when it's kids. Everything about this because it's got to reach a kid, but it's also got to entertain a parent. So if you can't get a parent to like a story. They're not going to tell the story. They're not going to enjoy it. And the kid's going to see him not enjoying it. 
So it had to be told on two levels, just like Looney Tunes did, Scooby-Doo did. When you were a kid, you watched those shows and you were like, this is great. When you're an adult, you're like, oh, my God, this is even better than I thought. Right. And that's what kind of happens in here. And you can see it happens at a Comic-Con. This is the first time we're actually at a Comic-Con. It's in the story. Cat, Dad, and Supermom is a book that I have, the character that's based on me, has made based on Jax's dreams. So it's like a meta thing with me and him. But he says he loves this. The, the music on the actual Kickstarter, he chose, believe it or not. He has chosen the covers. I asked him for the alternate covers, the coloring book alternate covers. I said, what kind of coloring book do you want? And he said, uh, <laughs> Lego, I mean, building block cover. And, uh, <laughs> and that's what we did. And we made a building block cover, and he loves it. And it, I like to have him involved. So he's almost like the fourth writer or the fourth person on the team, the second writer, because he'll tell me what's good, and that's it. That's Mike Seeley's. We have Lance Footer, who did an amazing cover for us based on it, shown off in the next one. So, And I've been able to work with such amazing creators, and on this book especially, having Lance, because look what Lance did, and then what we did, and just watching that kid open his eyes and just be blown away by watching his story, his life kind of become a cartoon. I mean, I hope that he thinks of a cool dad later in life. Yeah. I don't want it to be that Winnie the Pooh moment where he grew up hating his dad for putting him out there. <laughs> but it's already won a couple of awards, so I'm super thrilled about that. And it, there's a lot of pressure on a second book. When you come back with a second book, you, especially one that you know this really hit. Like every, I have a bigger uh, grown-up audience. My trouble is getting kids to read it right now because the adults buy it and they wind up reading it. So I had to make dual packs so they can actually give it to their kids <laughs> so but you see there's Ella Fart who becomes the the character my one of my favorite things in the entire book is when I take the farts turn him into a train that says words and I finally prove that words indeed can hurt you <laughs> so this yeah, is and each I've each um issue has a, a nice you know it's it's for younger kids to be read to so there are, there are morals. There's an anti-bullying. There's a, how it can be hard to tell the truth um, in the first issue. In the second yeah. issue, um, I have to ask, uh, the there's an actor at the con who maybe isn't as nice to a young patron as he should be. It, does that come from anything that you've witnessed yourself or is this uh, full fantasy? Because we know not everybody at a con is truly happy to be there. Well, I, I can say it was never something directly that I've seen Jax go through, but I have seen kind of this brush off from some of the celebrities that might show up. They're like, even cosplayers, some of them for a little kid won't understand the importance the little kid has to that mm. character. And they don't understand that when they're an ambassador for the character, the importance it is to handle children with such kid gloves. I dress up as cat dad. And I don't ever do anything. Like if someone calls me Batman, I don't get down and start yelling at him. No, I'm not Batman. I'm I'm Cat Dad. And you have to represent yourself. And I think we've all had that moment in our life, though, where we've met someone that we really looked up to and they let us down. But instead of just doing a story like that, there's a twist. And I think the twist is so important because it also speaks to something that we don't often consider, especially as children, but it's a powerful moment. And I think that moment can really help a family have a conversation. I hope that at the end of every book I write with Cat Dad, the family mm. talks about it. I so I, I read that. I actually read this months ago, and I read it today. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did read this. Do you want to give away the twist at the end, or do you want to hold that? Um, I, I, honestly, if for, for parents, if they want to know the twist, it's fine with me. If you don't want to hear it, you can put your, your headphones on. Yeah, I'd say it's 11 o'clock on a Friday night. If a five-year-old's up here, then, you know, they can party with us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll call Jax over. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, so for a little bit of the twist is that in this moment where he's crushed and for the first time, his dream doesn't come up with the, the answer. He sees something that's important, but he doesn't wake up with that answer. Like, he does get a little taste, so he goes to the con, and the dad out knows he's still upset, but there's a power to Comic-Con. We can run into our friends, and it just so happens that being in the Comic-Con circuit, we can sometimes reach out to fellow creators and get favors. The favor that my character that's based on me winds up doing is asking the creator of what is Admiral Hero, which is this all based on the, the character who is mean to him, dresses up as Admiral Hero, talks to that creator and asks the creator hey, can you talk to my son? And she takes Jax on this journey. And Jax, because he's in Comic-Cons, 
knows about creators, knows that this woman is created. And we make it a woman character because we wanted to do that. We loved the fact that we showed uh, the diversity in it. That's one thing that was very important. We didn't just want another male creator. But we wanted to have this story about a grandfather and how the grandfather inspired the Admiral Hero. And realizing that as creators, we put our heart into our creations, kind of showing a little bit behind the scenes to the people reading the book and making people realize that sometimes we write you. That also means the villains. So if you ever look, read a comic book and think, hey, that looks a lot like me and sounds like me, but why would they do that to me? Yeah, that's you. You done done something. You done done something that upset someone. Every, every writer has a list of, of things that they, they need to purge from themselves. And sometimes it's <laughs> memories of, of other humans. So just be nice to us because we're petty and vindictive. And I think that's, I can say that about myself. I, We'll, we'll raise your hand if you're petty and vindictive. <laughs> Travis, Travis. All right. Travis might, Travis might not be petty. Oh, I'm definitely petty. It's the vindictive part that I'm curious about. Okay, all right, all right. All day, I mean, watch my Facebook. I'm definitely petty. Uh, vindictive, <laughs> eh, not so much. <laughs> Happy Friday, Blake. All right, so Cat Dad, Super Mom too. You can get you can get issue one, like as you said from Scout Comics. You can go to your local comic shop and ask them to order it for you, or they can probably pick it up in the Kickstarter. Correct? They can pick up the non-Scout version because okay. uh, we're we're getting rid of the older covers. Like we tried to make this mm -hmm. special, and you know you want to get rid of the old stuff as a creator. Um, I'm not too interested in holding on to my stuff and slapping it. I know I'm missing out on the money. I know I should be doing NFTs apparently, but honestly, no. I create, I, I create. I apologize. Create. I, I am. Uh, oh no, I agree with you. I'm uh, very you know what guys, I think I'm going to call it a night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for me, it's about my, my family. Not Friday talk. That's what NFT stands for. Not Friday talk. <laughs> but for me, it's always connecting with the fan base. And I don't think you can connect with them when you put too much of a price tag on some of your stuff. I, I'd rather that happen later when I'm gone. And they look back at me and say, look at all the stuff he did, you know? Yeah. And hopefully the Cat Dad books are so worn out, there's only like 20 of them left that are pristine. Right. <laughs> so um, that's a great Into the Kids. Let's ease more uh, adult into Sacrimony because we'll go, we'll go from kids to a little bit of stuff and then we'll get to the uh the mature readers so Meta, uh, mine I know is definitely mature <laughs> is, is it is it much is it mature, yeah. mature? okay yeah i, I thought there's... i had a couple of bad words but i didn't think it was all that bad oh all right i guess you know i'm always like super wary about ratings because it's like you know some people will say like yeah i'd let my 11 year old read that and i'm like really there's like there's cursing there's gore blood spear through face like all right <laughs> i guess I don't know. I'm not going to tell people how to raise their kids. But I have a yeah. lot of that. Always. <laughs> Fair. I, um, I was, when we first started TART, I was really worried whether we'd have to put mature readers on it. And then I uh, grabbed Saga, either four or six, that was set on the sex planet. And I went. I know that. That was like, that was pretty early on, actually. It's, yeah. It might have been like two. I mean, okay, but they didn't have mature readers on their comic, and I was like, okay, we're fine because we are <laughs> prude nunnish compared to this comic book. It's so funny because I also used Saga for my guidelines. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, they're getting away with a lot here, yeah. so I, I think I don't have to put that that label on there. I'm gonna what? go to the page and uh, right. we're gonna look at this. About saga, since we're talking about Saga for a second, sure. Like I love Brian K. Vaughn. I've read everything he's ever written. Um, and, and Saga like upsets me when it adds that stuff because he's so talented and doesn't need it. Right. Like I need a, a swear word periodically or a boob. Like he doesn't need any of that. He's very talented <laughs> and he just puts it in there just because. I don't think he does it because he needs it. I think it's more of just like, all right, Hey, this is happening and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like that's more of the vibe I'm getting. It's just like, I'm just going to put this here. And, you know, if people react to it, I don't give a shit. Kevin, yeah. you should move Matta up and like one of us down so we can see her face <laughs> and she's not yeah. hidden. No, no. I, don't, I do don't know how to do that. Just move her, either. grab her and move her. <laughs> and move her up. I do what? Just just touch her and move her up. <laughs> uh, I need consent before I can do this. Matt, I, I do not consent. May I touch you? Pass no. consent first. <laughs> 
Joseph, just click on her picture and hold her it, picture. and then drag it to a different off. position. Keeps no, but then you can't. But then you'll see me making faces at you. No, 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 on the actual screen where we are on the main screen, not below. On the yeah, actual screen. On the meeting screen. On the meeting I got screen. It. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really want to thank you guys for grinding this to a halt. I really, <laughs> thanks guys. I really want to appreciate Travis for coming to his second and last time on Explain Yourself. You thought I was aggressive before. All right. Where are we at? Uh, oh, where are I'm we? On, now I'm on cat dad again. Yeah. <laughs> nope, sacrimony's right there on the page, man. I see it. As, yep. as, as this grinds to a halt, remember, I can only do one thing, guys. I can't do three <laughs> things. I'm not talented. All right, I love so. that tagline. It's so cute. Ah, oh, thanks. That's so beautiful. It just, it randomly came to me because I'm like, all right, well, I guess I need a tagline. And I was like, a tale of love, life freedom something death oh but in no particular order all right <laughs> so this is a web comic that you have written and drawn more than one time if i remember <laughs> yeah i started it back in 2016 and it was super rough i think the best description i heard of it from a reader was that like it had good bones but the bones needed to be moved around oh okay Okay. So, in, yeah, in it no was <laughs> in no particular order. Exactly. So, yeah, like the, the drawing was really rough. The writing was pretty rough because I didn't quite have a good handle on like how to go about doing it. So in like 2020, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to redo the whole damn thing, which is funny because I think at that point I had like 300 something pages of webcomic oh, done. Oh, my gosh. And the funny part is, the even funnier part is that I'm adding new content to the books that's not in the webcomic. So there's like new pages that actually like explain more than I explained before. So it's like, for example, all of chapter one, like before it was like 87 pages. Now it's going to be bumped up to like 150 at least. Oh, wow. With just like, you know, explaining things better, like doing more establishing shots and stuff like that, because I was really bad at those before. And yeah, so this is book three, which is pretty cool that I got to make a book three and have come this far. Uh, and it deals with more of like the godly sort of supernatural side of the story. So, you know, I said that uh, the winged guy there, the uh, yellow pigeon man, is a fallen god who was banished from the like banished, banished from like heaven or dawn, as I call it, because I don't like to use terms like heaven or hell or whatever, because it gives mm -hmm. like too much of a Christian feel. I tried to like just like pick really super neutral terms. So mm -hmm. he was banished for killing another god, and you get to find out more about the main gods that rule over Sacrimony. So we have like the god god who has abandonment issues and the devil who has mommy issues. <laughs> and. <laughs> it's it's a wild ride it's it's my favorite like chunk of scene in the story and i think it's also the most iconic because you get to see like how cool the gods look and you get to like find out sort of like the main purpose of the story or like the overall plot mm -hmm. or at least the, the thing that like sets the whole story into motion i mean like look at that i love designing the gods no that this when i when i saw this i think you put this up on on twitter a couple weeks yeah. back and i just thought it was just so powerful that that blank side of the face yep and there's there's so much that i want to explain in terms of like the character design like why there's that blank side of the face it's basically because uh that particular god is missing their other half so that's like to symbolize loss and then there's like the crying side because it's like oh no i'm so sad but you know they're crying like the stars and it's super beautiful mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, Danny wanted to know if we have a, a, a retailer tier for this for you. Sorry. I could have a retail tier for you. Uh, <laughs> you want, you want to, to have one for Danny. Yes, yes. yes. The Collective is an amazing comic shop uh, oh, just awesome. outside of Orlando. Oh, thank you so much, Danny. I will definitely, definitely put a retail tier. Would you yeah, want no, all a... of the all of the books? Because I have one, two, and three, or would you just want three? Or like, I've never set up retail tier before, so. Hmm. I I can connect you two after uh, if you need. Oh yes, please. Thank you. Yeah, I'll do that on yeah. Facebook. I'll connect. Yay. You 
And a non a non uh, retail person who is just hearing about this for the first time, they can get it was all three issues for twenty nine dollars catch up. Yep. And all three issues gives you the physical books. It gives you PDFs. And also each, for each book, there's like 22 minutes of me cursing into the microphone and explaining like all of the <laughs> lore and stuff. I don't know if you guys got to hear it, but like it was fun for me to record. And I basically was like, all right, well, this is this particular region. This is what they're known for. Like, you know, just all these little like flavor things that I can't get to explain in story. It's too fast, Kevin. <laughs> We're both trying to do the same thing, <laughs> turning it off. Uh, and uh, yes, we would all love to see Sacramento in our local comic oh, shops. Um, so yeah, yeah retailer tiers um, are fabulous. I have failed miserably at them. Uh, and oh. now that Tart is with Scout, I don't put them up because I figure like they can get it with, with Scout. But right. If you get a uh, somebody like Danny, who you know, when I went into his uh, shop, I saw uh, I think it was um, one of Chuck Pino's books was up on the the wall, and Douglas Brown Stormy was up on the wall, and I was like, well, those are my friends. So I immediately just bought them because Aww. I was like, I, I had them at home, but I'm like, I gotta buy my friends comics at shop in Orlando. Come on. Hey, oh, quick quick question for you. Uh, nice. Um, You've got three issues. Is this? Uh, do you have a planned ending for this, or how many issues do you think this is going to go? Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's taking a lot longer to like, like longer in story, not like production time wise. I guess to to get the things out that I want to get out. But I'm sort of like estimating, like eh, maybe it's going to be like fifty to sixty issues, but it might actually be more. Because it yeah. follows around a lot of characters over like a long span of time and you kind of see how they live their lives and like, you know, how it started, how it's going, how it ends. And I do have a planned ending, but like, it's fun figuring out how to get there. Kevin, she's <laughs> after our own heart. Yeah. Uh, see, I knew I loved you guys for a reason. The, the longer, the better, except that at one point you're going like, you know what? I think I'm going to try to shorten this down. Get this finished. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll reach that point when like everything sort of starts coming together more. But right now I'm having fun just like setting things up and like building off of like past events and stuff because that's the fun part. Yeah, no, it's a and it's a really fun, I uh, very inventive um fantasy world that doesn't what I like about what you do is it feels very fresh to me. It doesn't feel like um someone else's take on Lord of the Rings, which is something that I default to when I write fantasy. So I think what you're doing is very original, very unique, oh, and certainly well worth a check. Now, David Burns says he's never seen Travis Quiet so long. There was a, a reason for this, David. We wanted you here <laughs> to talk about Granite State Fox. So let's, let's uh, Travis, you're, you're on, buddy. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out my tier for ceremony here, but all right, I guess I'll get back to that. You'll, you'll get back. We'll figure out what, what tier I'm buying. At, yeah, at, at the at the end, we'll do a live exclusive um, uh, back. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let's share it. We'll talk about it. I'll talk about each pledge level, figure it out myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm uh, like always back on Kickstarter, you know, um, Granite Stay Punk uh, is my newest book. It is uh, a one shot. Uh, it is the best thing I've effing written. Like it Ooh. is literally everything. I've spent the most money on it. Like the art is fantastic. Uh, this one shot is is so important to me. I uh, it came to me one night. It's kind of a mix of SLC Punk, uh, a little bit of Blair Witch. You know, kind of tied up to, together. You know, lots of third wall breaking. Lots of talking to the audience. Um, I got Kevin Joseph to back it because I mentioned Game of Thrones on my preview pages, you know, all the important things that you need, you know, uh, and it's, it's doing gangbusters. Uh, it's, it's been the best received book that I put on Kickstarter, you know, um, right. you know, I've done a few, this is my 12th, uh, campaign and, uh, this is the one man, like, like literally I, I love this book. Oh, thanks Blake. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I love this book. I'm so proud of this book. It, it takes everything I love about New Hampshire and where I was born and raised 
it, it deals with a lot of my anger. I come from a drug and alcohol family and it deals with a lot of my anger and frustration of that lifestyle. And, and I get to say it in a fun, aggressive way. I take, I took everything that people loved about broke down and four dead bodies, everything that people loved about voodoo nations and kind of mixed it together to make this like, this is my thing. If you don't like this book, just don't read my stuff. Like, cause this is the best <laughs> I can do. Like, this is it. This is the book. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just so awesome. I'm so proud of it. Well, I think one thing that you have done, you said you've had 12 Kickstarters is you've launched 12 Kickstarters and all of the ones that have had your name on it that you were actually responsible for were delivered very timely in perfect yeah. condition well and the books are good. So you you really have built a reputation that you're going to deliver on your promises. So that's, you know, coming back to Kickstarter when you've you've delivered over and over and over again is I think you're you're getting the uh, the fruits of that labor. So congratulations. And Danny Danny says Orange Cone stuff outsells some publishers from Diamond in their store. So that's pretty solid. Appreciate that. Yeah, Danny's a big supporter of their their store. He handles all my. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know, know that was an option. I, no, I'm interested in that. Actually. I have, I have <laughs> had hand delivered uh, rewards from you, Travis. So is it Rob? Like so is it Rob? Uh, uh, Will you're the other one who hasn't? <laughs> it feels a little far north for you, I think. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to go to the page. Yeah, I'm not going to see this page, guys. So if Travis goes away, I can't fucking do anything about it. Move me, I got it, grab man. me, move I got it. Me. I can't my see it. You can touch me. <laughs> we've we've slept in the same hotel. Like, we have. We have. Yes, we have. <laughs> All right. There we go. Here, I'll even I'll put Travis in the middle. There we go. Perfect. You can see I was checking out your campaign tonight. That was at the bottom. Oh, <laughs> So tell us about your your artist on this because it's such a unique um, style and it feels right for the story you're telling me about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is, uh, I mean, I don't mind even saying it. This is the highest I've ever paid for an artist. Um, you know, worth uh, it. What's that? <laughs> worth it. Worth it. Yeah, he's absolutely worth it. He's worth every dime. Uh, and it's very <laughs> modern, right? Like, so my negative about comics uh, you know, if you look at Broke Down, it's a very, um, it, it's a very bright crime story. And people are like, why is it a bright crime story? Because that's what I wanted to do. But mm -hmm. it wasn't what, you know, the fans want. But this is very modern. You know, something's killing the children, Automole, uh, you know, they all have kind of this scratchy vibe. So I wanted to get that vibe, this very modern horror vibe to the book. So uh, when I hired Patrick, he, he does a book called Discordia. I, I loved it. Uh, I, I needed to, to hire them as quickly as possible. And those houses are like hardcore New England. Like if you okay. live in New England, um, and you're in New York, man, they're, they're kind of houses like that too in, in upstate New York. Yeah, they're kind of like these like weird Victorian Tudor-esque like townhouse type thingies. Right, right. Well, I think there's more than two doors. <laughs> See, Game of Thrones, you got the dragon right there. Um, that, that was written specifically for it. But uh, it's fits a punk scene. Uh, I use, I'm from Rochester, New Hampshire. A lot of the, the imagery is, is shot realistic versions of that. Naked Thoughts is a band from when I was in high school that uh, a friend of mine was in. Like, no, I did cool. things very, very art artistic. And this is, uh, this book is a little artsy. Like, like I said, when I talk about SLC Punk, I break the third, uh, fourth wall. I talk to the audience. We do a lot of really cool things, as well as a cool urban legend type of stuff that we add to the book. Very cool. In a boob, in a butt. Is nice. Nice. <laughs> who, who did the lettering on this? This is such a beautiful page. This is Jerome, my same letter who does all my books. Jerome okay. does all my books, yeah. Um, he's just, very talented I if that. I can like make him do cooler things. <laughs> So your artist, this, is, uh, he handled the coloring too? Yes. Yeah. He does the color and art. Yeah. He does uh, the whole whole shebang. And this, in my opinion, so he, he does a book called Discordia, which is a very, very good book. Funds very well on Kickstarter uh, with Chris Jerome. Jerome, I think is the last name. Um, but I really feel this modern like setting is is where he, he thrives because this stuff is just amazing. Some of the stuff. 
those textures are just they're crazy they're so good yeah it, i mean and he puts these things out so fast like it's crazy and look at his monster look at that cool little skull monster we got going on there skull amazing golem. who doesn't yeah, it, love a skull golem his his actual art doesn't remind me of it but but his layouts have a sam keith feel to me when i when i look at it i think of that those early sandman issues with the yeah yeah just not exaggerated yeah exactly yeah 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 beautiful stuff it went away but yeah that's my book uh super proud of it uh and love that panel out with house yeah i i think it's a great panel uh i'm very proud of this book it's it's like I can't say anything more about it. it's so good. It's so good. And I'm not trying to brag. Like I don't talk, you guys have had me on your show before. Like I don't talk about how excited I am. This is the most excited. Like I got my hair, like the whole thing. <laughs> I am so excited about this book because it really speaks to me. Uh, as I've started doing this for a while, like my last couple of books I had expired, which is something that somebody else created. I wrote, Holiday Spirits was Jerome's book and I wrote in it, but it wasn't mine. Like this is getting back to my writing, my core, like putting something out in the world. It'd been a long time. And, and you know, you need, this is why you need to have a good wife. Cause your wife was like, you need to put your own things out there. Cause my next book was supposed to be Cthulhu invades Wonderland, but that's again, a big anthology project. Great project would have done. It's going to do really well when we push it. My wife's like, you need to get your own stuff. Like you're you're falling in a funk. Even though I'm writing stuff, there's things in production. Like this book has been done since September. Like we need to put it out there. And I'm so excited that it's here. I'm so excited that people have resonated with it. Like I said, it's the biggest launch I've ever had. I'm super excited. I can't wait to to get more backers and more support because I, I love this story and I want to share it with people. So you you kind of lead in lead into a Kickstarter on the the whole question that I'd like everybody to talk about. Um, how do you decide which project is next if you're if you're juggling uh, multiple projects? Now I know you know like I'm pretty much on Tart Crossover Division. Sacrimony is that the only book you're working on, Meta? Or? Yep, that's it. That is that's the one. It. Yep. So so there's three of us who are just like the next issue or the next trade paperback or whatever. Rob, you do multiple different types of Kickstarters, uh, you know, multiple projects on Kickstarter, I should say. How do you decide what's next and put things in the proper order for you? You make a plan and then things go wrong and then you throw the plan away and then you go with whatever you can. I mean, things get in the way of many things. Um, Cat Dad was supposed to go in September. That didn't happen the way it was supposed to. Eclipse wound up going, which is under my Bobby Gregory, because that's more of an all ages kind of early Marvel book. Because uh, the creator Mike Seeley wanted to bring like classic telling. Like I, it's weird to be writing someone else's project and be told what you can and can't do. And I actually kind of like it because I think it helps me grow as a character. But there are moments where I'm like, no, that really should say the F word. And he's like, that's not going in my book. Not with my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. around that. So you got to challenge yourself. So I think it's the challenge of what's going to fit right now. Where have we been? What have we dealt with? How's the year looking? What's going on right now? I had to cancel an entire book in 2021 uh, because of the what happened on January 6th, because we had almost an identical scene, not the same reasoning behind it, but we had a fight at the Capitol and there was no way we were releasing that book at that point anymore. There were different reasons for it, but you just, mm-hmm. sometimes you get too close to home, even with the the fourth monkey when we were doing that book. Uh, I don't know who knows this. The fourth monkey was the book I was on years ago and it was about social um awareness and bob sally's on it a whole bunch of great creators are on it my story was about a young woman who committed suicide because she was bullied so much somehow just in the way things are the book got delayed and suddenly this court case started in england the court case in england was about a young woman who committed suicide and this woman was going it and you suddenly wonder do i have to cancel it so i think it's a little bit of a mix of what's going on in the real world what is fully ready to go because you don't want to be stalled and how the world around you is because sometimes you almost got to take a pulse for it you know you got to realize hey this might not be the best time like halloween would probably not be the best time for uh launching like a easter book or a lover's book or something like that unless you have the audience if you have the audience you can go any day of the week 
Right. Plus, plus, it's also who you're working with because sometimes you can have your work done, but someone else, because I'll do an anthology with the continuum, my stuff's done, but we're waiting on that one person. That project's now delayed because I have a golden rule. If the book's not 90% done, we don't launch. That is, I do not. I have gone to Amazon to fulfill. I can get anyone to print it. We can lose money printing the book. The first continuum went out out of uh, our pockets, basically, because of a bad actor within that we had been doing business with. We paid for the entire book to be shipped to everyone. Every single person who got an issue was out of our pocket. Uh, Mike Seeley put up the most money for it. He's the CEO of Continuum. So you just keep rolling with the punches and you just keep hoping the audience will be there. I was we and Will were talking about it. It's weird being on with Cat Dad because I had to start a whole new account. And when I, you start a whole new account, you lose all your backers. And even worse, mm -hmm. I created it on this page and then recreated it here. Half my friends signed up here. Didn't realize they had to sign up here. Have no idea that I'm live. I had a friend today go, when's Cat Dad coming out? I'm like, I'm really not doing my job well. I'm failing at promoting. <laughs> well, in 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 some of your some of your books are much more adult, you know. Um, so having two accounts does make a lot of sense. Um, you know, I my book is soft R rated, and then I did a kids book, so I kept it on the same account. But you know. I do you want to talk about one of your other books? So uh, it's your show. I'm happy to talk about anything I create. <laughs> well, when I first met you, it was called Fetish Babies, and it has mm -hmm. since been renamed, and I'm blanking on the name. I'm Barbara I apologize. Unleashed. Barbara Unleashed. And it was a story told within the SM community. Mm -hmm. But what I liked about it, not really knowing anything more about it than what I run across on, you know, in movies or whatever, is that there was a glossary of terms at the end of the book. So it was really digging in about consent, really digging in about um, the, the trust that needs to actually exist to be in that, uh, that community. So I was like, all right, it's cool. And so you've got Barbara Unleashed, which is definitely NC-17 at the least. Believe it or not, it would get an R rating. It would get by an R rating. Any, okay. By any standard, it would be an R and a soft R. There's oh, not okay. a lot of nudity. You probably have more nudity actually in Tart than I do. But the nature of it, because the minute you see BDSM, people put blinders on and they mm -hmm. start making assumptions. And I don't blame them. After Fifty Shades of Grey, we have a lot to make up with the BDSM community. <laughs> we don't so talk about that. It never happened. <laughs> never, ever happened. Doesn't exist. That would have made a great uh, uh, Law and Order episode, uh, Special Crimes Unit. I'm just saying Fifty <laughs> Shades of Grey, the billionaire gets arrested at the end. No, but so there is that. The minute you say that, and there's words like that anywhere. Travis deals with it when he does voodoo. The minute you say voodoo, suddenly people kind of like, you know, they clam up. Their ass gets a little tighter because they're afraid of voodoo and they don't want to deal with it. The religion won't let them do it. So there are just words in our, in our culture that when we say them out loud as creators, we know we're going into a fight. And it, it's weird because the, the first book I released was Barbara Unleashed at a time. It was Fetish Babies and it was a play on words that caused a whole bunch of problems. Hence the name change. <laughs> Even though we still use the blog name, it's not titled that. But I would have that book and have monsters where I turn the monsters into human beings, game genetic disorders, and it was Hollywood or the real monsters for making them monsters on the silver screen right in the center. And then there was Jack's three books that did not belong on yeah. one table right away. People would literally look at me and who did all these books? And I'd be like, I didn't, I didn't tell that they thought there was something wrong with me. And it's only gotten worse because now there's more. One of my right. taglines, and you know this, Kevin, is I create books about fetish monsters and more. Literally wear that on my T-shirt. and I have a giant T-shirt that says free hugs and spanks. I am a spectacle of the show, but people like it. Some people get the jokes. Some people want to talk about it. I tell you the truth. I have sold more books because of that free hugs and spank sign, and it's not the, the fetish book. It's just the fact that someone thought it was funny and it was open. And it, You know, our culture is not as closed-minded as we sometimes think it is if we allow it not to be. And you have to be ready. Like you, like Kevin said, my book isn't just this girl gets beat up and look at her. It's it's not that. It's it's a story of her journey through the New York City fashion underground. Real places from New York City. Real people from New York City show up. And it talks about consent. And it was talking about consent before that became big and now even more so. It has a BDSM survey now, which helps people learn not to be abused. And I'm actually going to be making it. I haven't said this on camera, so this is first for you. This is an exclusive. This is ex wait, wait, hold on one second. This is an Explain Yourself exclusive. There you go. We're going to be making a shorter version of the BDSM survey that we're going to be putting out this year as part of the continuum launch to actually get to know a potential just dating partner. 
questions to ask to learn to see if the person's compatible with you. So it doesn't go into the deep part of it, but at least you could tell, hey, this is a fun thing. These are the kind of the things. Would you ever be willing to try this? And it's a way to have an open dialogue. Because I think right. in our culture, we have trouble describing and talking about ourselves other than our ego. And what I mean about that is if we're shy about anything, we shy away from talking about it. And when it comes to sexuality, if you wanted a compatible partner, you need to be able to be open. And I think that we lost that in the last couple of years. So I hope to help people reestablish that. Now, yeah, one, thing, one thing you talked about with with that, that you talked about, like the voodoo was kind of a, a push away, the fetishist push away. Niching down does push people away from a book, but it invites people in, um, you know, like. I know that when I saw Sacrimony, I saw fantasy. I saw some type of an angel type being that screamed to me, you got to check this out. And it could actually scream to someone else. I don't want anything to do with this. Uh, I'll ask Matt, do you feel like niching down has helped you find an audience or do you feel like it has repelled away? Uh, oh, man, that's. I don't think I have like enough experience in the world of like having the story out there to like accurately answer that. I think, you know, there's going to be like a group of people who are like, oh, this feels like really fresh and cool. And then, you know, there's going to be that group of people like, um, actually, you need more dwarves and you need more elves. <laughs> and where's the war and the orcs? You know, like there's it's yeah. you can't like win win. So yeah. I, I take what I can get. You know, I left Matt a one voicemail and I hear about it every time. <laughs> I want more dwarves. I'm sorry. And you you sound like that too, like the voice yeah. that I did. You sounded exactly like that. Yeah, we need some drops of that voice, I think. Yeah, That's pretty that awesome. awesome. So, well, Travis, you've got many different styles of books. How do you feel like taking an audience from a broke down to a Cthulhu Invades Oz to uh, Granite State Punk? How do you do you feel like some people follow you all the way through or do you feel like you've got your crime people, you've got your fantasy people? Uh, there, there's obviously people who follow me all, all the way through. Uh, but, you know, most people like the book that they like and I'm okay with that. It, it took a while to get like, but I wrote them both. But like, like, <laughs> so it took a while to, to understand that like, no, they liked your crime stuff. So you don't really like me. Like, you like what I was writing about? Like, what about me? Like, I'm important too. I, Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, you know, especially when you go to, you know, Cthulhu Vades Oz, you know, and you're at like 500 backers, you're like, where are you guys? They're like, yeah. oh, you don't like me? Yeah. Oh, I put Cthulhu and Oz, like the things I don't create in a book and put them together. And you seem to love that, but no, get me together. Uh, get me in it. And even Wonderland, like Wonderland's probably going to do better than Oz, like just based on conventions. When I bring that preview out, People will rush to my table to talk about Wonderland. I'm like, well, we have this complete Oz book. They're like, shut up. Talk to me when Wonderland comes out. And I'm like, I have, I'm sorry. My bad. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so transferring that audience, you know, that's kind of what Granite State Punk does a little bit. You know, like I said, it's kind of the merging of the two. It kind of, mm -hmm. kind of speaks to both. But I'm okay with that. And, and it shows me growing as a writer because – you can read Broke Down or Voodoo, uh, and I, I think both you and Will have, they're very, very different. Like, if you didn't know me, you wouldn't know uh, that they're written by the same writer. Yeah, they, you get some of the stuff, you know, and I, uh, you know, I, now and then I get to write in Voodoo uh, a little piece of, like, Broke Down dialogue. That's funny to me, you know, like mm -hmm. in issue two, uh, there's a woman, uh, Maria's following, who's a Voodoo priest, is following this girl, and she's going, oh, what are you doing? I'm looking for my husband. And she's like, well, you're in New Orleans. You're not going to find your husband. Somebody else's husband, sure, but but not your husband. And that's that's kind of out of character for a voodoo book, but but fits. So mm -hmm. so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to to translate that audience. Adultery oh. is adultery is fun. Adultery is fun. <laughs> highly highly don't recommend it. Uh, it's an amazing life. But by the way, based, based on my joke and his reaction, you can tell my wife is not going to watch this tomorrow and Travis's might. <laughs> <laughs> she could be watching right now. She sometimes <laughs> will make a comment and, or tell me what I talked about. And I was like, oh, shit, you're watching. All right. Um, 
But no, it, it's hard. But it, what's cool about it is finding those people who are following you and, and following you all the way through and figuring out mm-hmm. what you like. You know, I started, started a Substack this year and having people like pay for my Substack. They're like, I want to be part of your creation and be see your behind the scenes. I was like, but you know, I'm like nobody, like zero, like, <laughs> like I'm not that, please don't. <laughs> Is there a refund button? I can't find it. Like I need to. <laughs> Uh, but it, but it's super cool. Like, uh, and I'm super blessed to be able to do it and create and hang out with people like you. You know, I love Tart. I don't understand it, but I read it every time. You know, I feel if I read it all at once, maybe I'll get it. But I just, you know, don't. Uh, you know, and Will gets to get, add new things to his book every month, which is unfair to the rest of us who have to, you know, stick in our own continuity. That's not fair. Like, you can't do that. So. I'm just I, I I just steal from everybody, man. That's all I just, do. <laughs> just make make your book public domain, and it can be part of crossover division. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Any of my characters could cross over, Will. If you need people to break down with dead bodies, you've got it, Will. All right, man. <laughs> well, it's eleven fifty. Let's do one more quick talk on each of the uh, each of the the projects i i admitted to to the creators right before the show that uh i realized that the thing that kept me going after midnight was the wine and uh, since i'm not drinking that right now i get tired around midnight so uh you guys can go as long as you want but i gotta shut this down because i'm about to pass out but we're gonna do one more quick talk on each of the uh ones and i'm gonna grab granite seats the one i saw first so travis one last uh, a big pitch on your comic. Yeah, if you like uh, New Hampshire lore, you know, birch trees and shit like that, <laughs> Old Man in the Mountain, witches, addiction, punk rock, then you will love Granite State Punk. It's a one shot, uh, so you don't need anything else. And it's very cool. Lots of swears, lots of F words, lots of uh, pop culture references, lots of commentary. It's the best thing I've ever written. So if you like any of my other stuff, you will like this because... It's better than that other stuff. Nice. And I like that other stuff too, just for the record. <laughs> All right. We're going to stick with the F birds. Uh, Matta, bring us out on Sacramento. Uh, All right. Well, if you're looking for a fantasy comic that doesn't feel like someone's D&D campaign, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, something (laughs) with like a fresh take on fantasy with like custom races, places, faces, things like that, like lots of mythology, lore, like my God, decades worth of world building. Uh, totally check out Sacrimony. Also, if you're into dysfunctional families, totally check out Sacrimony because they're they're everywhere. Um, but, but please put more dwarves in. Oh my God, it, it's not your traditional fantasy. Tolkien would not approve of this. <laughs> Love it, Rob. You're on the hot seat. By the way, I have an F word: farts. Because that's oh. what gets. It works. There we go. It's our first book, Talk Farts with uh, Morals with Farts. And this time we're coming to talk about what it is to be a hero again. And we think it's really important to give something that the family can sit down and enjoy and have conversations about. It can be a learning tool, make you laugh, and actually make a child reach into comics and see the power of them. Because remember, comics can be an educational tool if we allow it to be. Don't let the 1950s reports that were all lies dissuade you. Get your comic books in kids hands so they can learn to read and appreciate their imagination remember from first grade we go from picture books to second grade none kids lose interest give them back the interest by getting comic books in their hands and you can find it by going to cat dad and supermom.com nice and danny says can't wait for the collective to get all of these series and yeah it is if you are anywhere near orlando look up the collective it is just a fabulous comic shop. It is so worth your time. If you're if you're hitting Disney, uh, make sure you have an extra day to check out the collective. He says we nice. don't let a kid walk out of the shop without a comic in hand. That's oh. nice. How do you how do you not let them walk out? I mean, that sounds like kidnapping, Danny. <laughs> All right, so we're oh, gonna. He's gone now. He's gone. He's, gone. <laughs> he's like, oh no, they're on to me. 
so we're going to talk about the two um, projects that we we uh, had creators on last week. You guys are welcome to hang with us as we do for another five or ten minutes. And you're welcome to go to bed. I know that I'm not the only one who said this was their bedtime. So uh, no pressure. You can take off if, if you're uh, yeah, I'm done good. with this. I'm good. Okay, cool. I didn't drink. If I did drink, I would have been like sleeping right now. You would have just seen a chair and a background and that's it. I feel uh, we need Danny to get throws comics at him like did you know that she gets one percent of her stuff and goes to ice cream? Yes. So I, I want to back it and want to get as many people to back it as possible so I can demand a picture of like an open freezer with just tons of one percent ice cream because I'll do the fucking math. I'll figure <laughs> out how much ice cream you should have. <laughs> Yo, actually I wanna know. Uh, um actually for <laughs> For my last campaign, I, I did so well that I treated like all of my best friends to ice cream and I posted oh. a picture of it like on a campaign update because I was like, hey, look at what happened. Look at what you guys did. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, so, you Your book is not important, but look at our ice cream part. <laughs> I mean, that's the most important part, right? Like, I I did have one backer who, who lives near me and instead of, you know, paying $7 in shipping, I met her at a uh, Baskin Robbins and bought her an ice cream cone and gave her the stuff. Aww. So that was that was fabulous. Uh, yeah, Danny throws the comics at him like he's Gambit. So that's <laughs> that's great. Before we get to it, though, Travis, have you have you back soccer money? Are we going to do this live? I, I am. Tr so yes, we're going to go all in. I've decided I'm going to get all three. Okay. Um, Yay! You know because of the thing, and I'm not going to go digital because look at this gorgeous art. Like I, you are wasting your goddamn money if you're going digital. I agree. You, I you wholeheartedly need, agree. You need to see this in all its its sandemonious, sacrimonious <laughs> glory. Uh, so I'm going all in. I've decided, and not only that, like this woman has great taste in comics. Like I looked at what she's backed, and she backs only the creme de la creme. Uh, there was one book called Tart. I wasn't a big fan of that, but the rest of them were super good. Like yeah. my the thing that I hate about Tart is I always know how it's going to end. Every issue, it has <laughs> never once surprised me. Really, I thought you got in a fight with the writer, man. <laughs> yeah, you right. said he was kind of a dick. So yeah, he, he I'm going all in. You get thirty four dollars. Ah, yay! Ah, thank you so much. No problem. No problem. All I'm right. Tweet about it a, a, I want a, everyone to know that I spent $34. This is why we have multiple creators on, so we can almost guarantee that somebody gets back during our show. Yeah, it I might just be earlier too. I just I forgot about it. So I always back <laughs> I, I always back Rob's stuff. So live from last week, still we have uh Frank Martin's uh pipe creepers. Yep. Number two, this is a two-issue uh, mini-series, so you can get issue one and two. It is plumbers go into the uh, basement of a like like a New England mansion and get sucked into a Lovecraftian uh, adventure. And really cool art, fun it, issue one is fun. I haven't read issue two yet. I imagine it's going to be just as fun. But it's kind of like Mario Brothers stuck in the uh, in a Lovecraftian adventure. It's better. Issue two is better than issue one. It's really good. Nice, nice. Next right. one up is uh, Lunatic the Lover and the Poet, I believe, uh, by uh, Brian, Brian Hawkins. Hawkins. Brian Hawkins, yeah. Fabulous guy, great writer. Uh, he did Black Cotton for Scout Comics. He uh, edits for Mad Cave. He, I think he's the editor of uh, Nottingham. I mean, he's just prolific, great guy, good writer. Uh, this is a college uh, theater troupe is putting on Midsummer Night's Dream, and someone decides that he needs to slash up a lot of the cast in a puck mask. We don't know who yet. Hey, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Hi, kitty, kitty. Sorry. But we do know we do know that saying puck mask killer is a lot of fun to say. So yes, there you is. go. <laughs> um, and I believe because this is the start of the year and we took two weeks off, I think that's all that's live. Nope. Is that correct? One more, uh, Lady One more. Mayhem. Oh my gosh, I uh, I can't believe I forgot that. This is uh, an ode to 90s shoot 'em ups, punch 'em ups. Uh, Lady Mayhem is uh, the artist uh, and writer team. Do um, it, Jana? See, it gets late. We get tired. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I forgot that they were that they were on, so I didn't I didn't refresh myself. Uh, you got this Wright one, Will. And Carl Slomaninsky. I probably mispronounced that because you know I'm from the South. So, um, it is a nineties uh, was eighties eighties nineties. 90s ultra-violent revenge tale with lots of super big guns and just crazy over-the-top violence and it was a lot of fun to talk about it looks it's a it's an awesome looking project too yeah 64 page one shot that uh just feels like like a great time all right thank you guys so much we've got two comments i'm going to check before we leave um yeah danny says love frank martin great writer great great writer great dude um and Ignacio, yep, Mario Brothers meets Lovecraft came in, came up, came up with that for us last week. So, uh, thank you everyone He's who tuned in. Started with me, it's so good. Uh, uh, all right, well, uh, when it's on crowdfunding site, you, you know who to let us contact. <laughs> thank you guys, everyone. Have a great week. We really appreciate you, everybody who came in, talked to yep. us, Geek Collective for letting us do this, and. Uh, most of all, Rob, Travis, Amata, thank you for joining us. Ah, thank yeah. you. Thank you thank for having you. me here. Great any, talking any, to you guys. Sacramony 4, you're invited. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's going to happen in May. So okay. soon. Right. soon. Done. <laughs> Oop. There we are.